Hello and welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Colvin, coming to you from my little corner in Southern California. It's a beautiful day. I'm sitting in my car. I'm at the beach. It's been a long trying day and I'm looking for peace and solace and edification from the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Um, I know that when... I record these episodes, I talk a lot about how my life is just quite simply hard. And I've tried to reflect on, am I just somebody who focuses on the negative? Am I someone who can only see the bad? But I have to admit, I've never really been that way. I am someone that just sees things for what they are. And... Probably in the last 12 years, I've had to really learn how to be happy in any given set of circumstances that I'm put in, because as we all know, life is never going to be perfect. You can't ever really look at any aspect of your life and think to yourself, well, everything is just perfect right now because that doesn't exist. But we can look at aspects of our lives and say to ourselves, we've got this going on, that's going on, this is going on. This is great. This is good. That's not so good. That's going to be a little bit challenging. But you know what? I just feel a sense of peace in my very core, in my chest, in my heart. I don't know how to describe it. And oftentimes it's very difficult for my mind to just reconcile the peace that I feel because my mind is still going through so many thoughts and I have a hard time slowing it down and, and, and just... Like I said, reconciling it with that peace that I feel in my bosom. You know, they talk about the warmth in the bosom and that's how the spirit communicates to you. So this week, you know, following up to last week's episode, All Things Christ, I really felt super impressed to do an episode on the power of discernment to hear him. The power of discernment is a spiritual talent that is given to us. And we need it so desperately. The power of discernment has been a sweet gift that's helped guide my life and helped me to know when I should leave a situation or, you know, hurry up and get out of the way, um, you know, to depart from a particular set of circumstances. And um, the spirit, for some reason, has always been able to let me know when I need to stay and when I need to go. And I heard a talk recently, another BYU speech uh, by Elder Bednar. And he it's titled Quick to Observe. He gave this talk on May 10th, 2005. And he says, much like faith precedes the miracle, Much like baptism by water comes before the baptism by fire, so being quick to observe is a prerequisite to and a preparation for the gift of discernment. Now, I've always been very observant. I think just being a middle child with four brothers, two older, two younger, my parents and everything that we had going on in the house, you know, I was always a watcher and I took things in. And uh, my dad's a lot like that. And I think that's probably why I've always had this 
gift from Heavenly Father to help me navigate my life. And it's, you know, so important, especially nowadays with everything we're dealing with. And I think, I don't believe it's a coincidence that we are in the chapters that we're in, in the Book of Mormon, um, and third Nephi right now. And, you know, talking about the wars and then also the judgments from Heavenly Father. And, uh, you know, it's definitely not a coincidence that we're being taught about those times between the Nephites and Lamanites, the wars between the righteous and the unrighteous, and then the inevitable judgments that were given out to the people. And I've really focused and, and absorbed it, and I've done my best to lay hold upon the word to understand it and how it applies to my life and to find hope, to find hope in these words in the Book of Mormon, in these chapters, to understand, you know, Heavenly Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ, and what they're teaching these people that live at this time, that, you know, there's murders and all kinds of evil wickedness going on, um, just horrible wars and disasters are happening and yet the Lord is still asking these people to be of good cheer and I've really done a lot of pondering on that a lot of thinking and a lot of meditating throughout my days and trying to figure out how can we apply that to our lives now with what we've got going on I have never witnessed nor read the United States being the way it is right now you know I understand how the country was founded And there was a lot of turmoil and fighting and standing for faith and freedom and liberty and the right to govern themselves. Um, Since then, probably another time that I read about, of course, are the earlier saints and the uh, turmoil and the just suffering that they went through as they came to the United States and was looking to develop Zion and keep, you know, the word of God. Um, So the power of discernment in these circumstances, how important it was to these people who were fighting for their rights to be able to live as they choose, to practice religious freedom, and to have the right to live, love, and work and how they saw fit for themselves and for their families. And I think that's kind of what we're doing now. There's so many different forces here in the country, particularly in the United States, that are just going at each other and they're very different ideals and morals and values that are just battling and they're they're head to head, horn to horn. And um, the power of discernment is going to be what's going to help us. It's going to be what's going to save us as we navigate these latter days as saints in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So the discernment is the ability to see things for what they really are and not for what you want them to be. I've been working really hard at that lately because Again, we've got a lot going on. My father-in-law's not doing well. My dad's not doing well. He just seems to get worse. Um, this whole online schooling, I, you know, I don't think people really understand what a disservice it is to our children, 
to the teachers, to the administrators. Um, it's just been such a huge challenge and it's just changed our lives, the dynamics of our home and, uh, how we live and how we find joy and happiness. It's just been such a huge challenge. I haven't seen my family now for almost three months, which is just completely unheard of. And, um, I'm just really, really struggling. And so am I seeing things for what they really are instead of what I want them to be? And I pray to Heavenly Father every single day, asking Him to please help me to hear Him, to understand the language of the Spirit, that I might know His will and be able to have the courage and the bravery and the humility to act on His will, to act on those promptings, to act on those little nudges from the Spirit that we get and the inspiration. I wanted to share with you just a couple of stories about discernment um, that can only come from the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. When I was in junior high and high school as a teenager, I had some friends that, and I think inevitably, you know, in our youth, we tend to kind of, we're curious, and they were curious about things that had to do with the adversary, and so they were doing Ouija boards, they were um, doing, you know, other things that, um, like the red rum in the bathroom. And, um, I don't know if you remember, but there was another one called light as a feather, stiff as a board. And we would have birthday parties. Now, again, I was born in 72. So, you know, we, we would have nights that we would stay over and have birthday parties and celebrate and stay up all night long and have a good time. But inevitably these my friends would want to do these, these things that I knew that we shouldn't do. And the reason why I knew it is because from a young age, I had a very clear cut education about the adversary, who he is and what he's looking to do. And I knew that you don't mess with him. You just simply do not even tempt that avenue of pain and sorrow that can definitely come upon each of us. And whenever they would do it, I remember one time I showed up to my friend's house. I walked in, they were using the Ouija board and bam, the Ouija board stopped working. And this had happened, I want to say three or four times. I would go home after school and then I would take off and go over to go visit my friends at one of my friend's homes. And um, I would walk in and it just got to the point where they would say, Stephanie, just go outside because it won't work while you're around. And I remember thinking, you know, why is this working when I'm around? Like, I felt so kind of ostracized in a way. And yet, of course, now as I'm older, I'm really grateful for that protection that can come from our Savior, Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father through the power and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Another time, um, again, it was an overnight birthday party. And the girls were in the room and I just so happened to be outside. I don't, you know, I was really into skateboarding. So I I pretty much believe that's what I was doing as I was skateboarding. I had come back in, um, was talking to their parents. I was always very chatty with the older adults being used to being around people of all ages. And I opened the door to the bedroom as I was looking for them. And they were doing that light as a feather, stiff as a board. And sure enough, right when I opened the door, the girl fell in the bed. And I had no clue what was going on. But once again, the same group of girls turned and looked at me. 
and they just kind of, ugh. And I just thought, I, did, I had no clue what they were doing. But as soon as I saw the girl drop, I knew exactly what they were doing. And I turned around and I walked, I walked home. I grabbed my stuff and I left. And um, honestly, you know, after that, from what I remember, I stopped hanging out with those girls um, because I just knew that if I continued to hang out with those girls and spend time with them, that this was just going to get worse and it was not going to get better. And it was nothing that I wanted to have any part of. And I remember running into one of the girls at school and she had asked me, how come I don't, you know, hang out with them or call them or anymore. And, um, I remember just looking at her and not really knowing what to say. And I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and, uh, walked off. And that was the last time that I had really talked to them. I remember when I graduated from high school as a senior, one of the girls had come over. She was a next door neighbor of mine and we had been really close through elementary school and junior high. And, uh, she said that she had missed me. So I hadn't talked to her for about four years and, um, I just looked at her and I smiled and I remember telling her, you know, the things that you get involved with, which is interesting because at that time through high school, I was always dealing with my own personal demons and struggles, you know, my own personal addictions, the things that I was dealing with. But that was where I draw the line was this, uh, meddling and playing with, um, you know, the adversary and his minions and his spirits. There was no way I was going to do that. And, um, anyways, you know, those are the things that first come to mind, of course. And then there was another great example of having the power of discernment. Um, my husband and I had actually gone to, uh, get his patriarchal blessing. And this was in 2014. We had to travel to a different city and it took us about a half hour to get there. On our way back, we had stopped at a restaurant to eat because my parents were with us. They had come for the patriarchal blessing. And um, there was this man in the restaurant who was sitting in the waiting area, but he kept talking to himself. Now, you know, being a beach town, this is not unusual. We have an eclectic group of people that live here. And uh, normally I just, um, you know, if, if they look at me, I smile and I try to always be friendly. But I normally don't feel any type of threat or anything, you know, that bad is going to happen from them. But this gentleman, I could not shake the feeling that something was going to happen. So I kept looking his way. Now I was sitting in the booth closest to the wall and my husband was on the outside and then my parents were across from us. And then sure enough, this guy came over and he made a beeline for us. And I was watching him as he got up and he walked over to our table and he went right over to my husband and he started to mumble. And I knew instantly that this man was possessed with a spirit that was not of heavenly father and that he had very, uh, he wanted my husband. He was going to hurt my husband. And I just remember feeling this just anxiousness. Like I had to do something. I had to do something now because I was trying to get the attention of my parents because my husband was focused on him and trying to understand him. He's got a huge compassionate and empathetic heart for people who are homeless, especially the ones that, you know, deal with addictions and mental illness. And I was trying to communicate to my parents, like this guy is a danger and, um, nobody was getting it. 
<laughs> they didn't feel it. And I stood up and I looked at him and I remember I said something to the effect, like, get thee hence in the name of Jesus Christ. And, um, he looked at me, he stopped and he turned around and he walked out. Now we all have different experiences when it comes to the power of discernment. I don't know why in my life I have had several run-ins with Lucifer and his, uh, I like to call them minions. Um, they have nothing good to say, do, or to influence. And I, I don't really know why that is. Uh, my dad has shared some personal revelations about me that I, I won't quite open up about on this podcast, but um, it's kind of explained some things because, you know, as my dad, he's entitled to revelation about his children. So it's kind of explained some things to me as to why I've had the life that I've had which is it's so important for us not to feel sorry for ourselves. There are reasons why we come across particular challenges and trials. Um, again, and it could be because of our decisions. It could be because of other decisions or it could be because Heavenly Father knows exactly the type of experiences that we need to have in order to be refined, in order to become the person that he knows that we can become to fulfill the measure of our creation. Uh, Elder Bednar says in that talk too, a challenge to all, pray for the gift of discernment so that you can see, hear, and know that you are pressing forward on the straight and narrow path. The Spirit will enlighten you. And I have to, I, I have to tell you and bear my testimony about this. This is so true. When my husband was baptized in 2013, he I went with him begrudgingly. If you've listened to my prior episodes, I've been very open about that. And then I finally had a wonderful experience one day during sacrament. And I knew I was ready to make the decision to commit my life to the Lord and to be all in. And since then, thankfully and mercifully, the Holy Ghost has been sent to us as we continue to invite the Spirit to our lives and to our home. And he has helped us to make the course corrections when we need it the most. And I'm grateful for that because it gives me such peace to know and just really genuine comfort that I'm on the right path and that I'm going to make it back. I'm going to go, you know, go home. I am going to live once again with heavenly father and the savior, Jesus Christ. Now, remember, I never, ever really thought that that was an option for me in my life. I never thought that I could be valiant or virtuous enough or clean enough or pure enough that I couldn't repent enough of all the things that I had done in my life to ever be able to return back home and live once again with Heavenly Father and our Savior Jesus Christ and even our Heavenly Mother. And that's what my my beloved husband did for me is he rescued me. He rescued me from the world and we kind of rescued each other and we found the church together and it's just been fast forward ever since then. Um, we, you know, we still have our issues and things. We have a lot to learn, so much to learn. Oh my gosh. And that's another reason why I love the gospel is that there's never a ceiling. You can't ever hit a limit. This, the limit is limitless. There's just so much to know and learn. So I just love the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful for this gift. Um, and I think it's definitely, you know, like he said, it's something that we need to pray for is the power of discernment. Also, the prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, has said, 
Seeking to learn, understand, and recognize truth is a vital part of our mortal experience. Plead with the Lord for the gift of discernment. Then live and work to be worthy to receive that gift so that when confusing events arise in the world, you will know exactly what is true and what is not. This is the world we're living in right now. There's so many different agendas and ideologies being shoved down our throat at this point. And it's up to us to be able to have that wonderful spiritual gift of discernment so that we know what is right and wrong, what's truth and error, what's good from evil. Um, And that's why I went back to my wonderful, wonderful good friends who I just love and adore, uh, Kim and Linda Allen. They uh, were actually on the conversion part two episode and they shared their conversion story. And, um, they have done a lot of work in the church, a lot of work for the saints, a lot of work in the missionary area as well. And, um, they have just been wonderful friends of ours. I look at them as family and I ask them to share their experiences and their thoughts, their testimony, even their faith about the power of discernment. And you're not going to want to miss this. So listen in and thanks again for joining us. Hello, this is uh, Kim. Hi, this is Linda. And Steph has asked us to uh, to talk about uh, discernment or the gift of discernment. And so uh, we'll start in. I'd like to start in and, and just uh, welcome everybody out tonight, but she's probably already done that. And so um, I'll go straight to uh, 2 Nephi 14, uh, verse 20, and I'll read that. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light, and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. And this is, we see a lot of this around us right now, don't we? We see a lot of things that we never thought that we would see in this country. And and this is, uh, this is what I do with the scriptures, is I liken my life to the scriptures and see what answers the scriptures have for me. And so um, with this one, um, I know that Linda has a story we took a trip a few years ago, um, and uh, we went to Kirkland. And so, Linda, you want to relay that story that you've got in Kirkland that kind of has to do with this? Well, for many years, we've been traveling around and seeing various church history sites, and they're always so inspiring, and they're always um, they, they're so faith-promoting and so spiritual for us. So we had spent a week in Palmyra, in New York, upstate New York, and we were traveling traveling west back to our home in California, and we were coming down um, on the 80, and we were coming into Ohio, and we were going to Kirtland. And our weekend in Palmyra was amazing. We just had an amazing experience there. So that's what we were expecting when we got to Kirtland. But when we got to Kirtland, it was a little bit different. We pulled in, and we saw the Kirtland Temple as its pretty much looks the same as it does in all the pictures but the feeling inside that visitor center was quite different it wasn't run by the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints it is actually owned by a different church and as their tour guides took us through and started explaining things i started getting a a disconcerting feeling a feeling that we just didn't belong there and the longer we stayed there the more I felt it. 
And I finally just said to Kim, I said, I don't feel good about this. And he said, I don't either. Um, they did tell us that if we continued with the tour, that at some point we would be required to stay with the tour until it's in. So just before we got to that point, we decided we're done. So we walked just out. Just before we entered the temple. Yes, we were actually going to be entering the temple. It, it, would, it would require um, a 45-minute video and things that we just, we weren't feeling good about. So we decided we would leave and we walked out. We walked around the grounds and they were really beautiful. But we read signs that just didn't strike a harmonious chord with us. And so eventually we just decided, okay, we're done. We got in the truck and we drove away. And that's when I started feeling better. I just knew that the spirit of the Lord wasn't there at that site. Not wasn't at all like what we had experienced before in any of the other church history sites. But it was worse than that. It was like a foreboding feeling. We both felt this like this heavy cloud almost hanging over us, yeah. like we should not be there. Yeah. It felt very, very foreboding. And yeah. so we felt much better once we left. And it was such a different experience. We'd been to the Sacred Grove. We'd been to where Joseph Smith uh, was born. We'd been to we'd been to all kinds of. We've been to Cove Fort. We've been yeah, to, we've been to great Clarissa places. Place Monument. We've been to a number of church history sites. But that place gave us such an uneasy feeling that we just felt like we should leave. We discerned that it wasn't the place for us at the time. And that the teachings that they were teaching there were not the teachings that were oh. authorized by Jesus Christ. So that was that was just one little little place. And so um, what I'd like to do now is I'd like to share um, in the New Testament, first New Testament, First Corinthians, um, uh, chapter two, verse fourteen, uh, and we read, "But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him; neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned." And so, that's a great thing to think about. If you're living according to the natural man, not reading your scriptures, you know, not not praying, um, you know you cannot discern those things which are from God. Um, they seem foolishness unto you. And so, um, and so it's always good to read your scriptures, to pray and to stay close to the Lord so that you have that discernment that you can actually know what the Heavenly Father wants you to do. Um, and so, Linda, you've got, a, you've got a story from our past about that. How about you share that with them? Um. When, I, when Kim and I were first married, I was working as an office manager and a bookkeeper for a family-run business. It was a small corporation, and they were Russian people. They were wonderful. I loved them, and they treated me so well. They made me feel like I was part of their family. They were very um, religious. They were probably the only people I had in my life at that time in my life that I would have considered to be religious that I knew well. And uh, we, were, we were actually investigating the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, I didn't really mention it to them as we went through our work day every day. I, I never really mentioned that I was taking the lessons until I was maybe two or more months into taking the lessons. And they were concerned immediately. They, um, they felt it was their obligation to sit me down and straighten me out. And they did it in a loving way. They, they really did care about me. It was very genuine. 
Um, but they began to tell me things about the church that um, were not, they were in stark contrast from what I had, had experienced going to church and taking the missionary lessons and being involved with church members. Nothing they told me was my experience. And I would tell them, you know, I know what you're saying, but this is not my experience. This is not what I've seen. And they would have answers that made no sense. You know, <laughs> they made no sense. Um, and it got to the point where I had to decide, do I try to please my employers who were really more like a family to me? Or, you know, do I go on the path that I'm already on and continue that way? So I started praying about it. And the Spirit was very clear to me that I was on the right path. And I eventually I came through, I think the Spirit helped me to understand that that they're, they're very wonderful, loving people that are very genuine about what they believe, but they don't believe the right thing. They have not been taught correctly. They have incorrect impressions about the church. It's foolishness under them. Yeah, sadly. They don't have the spirit to guide yeah. them. Or they're not listening. I, I, did, I did continue to, to learn about the church, and a few months later, Kim and I were baptized. They were sad about that, but they didn't fire me. <laughs> And that was good. Yeah, that was, yeah good. that was good. So sometimes, even really good intending people, even good people, they can think that that good things are foolishness. Things from God are foolishness because they have not practiced um, with discernment. They don't have the gift of discernment. They don't have the gift to have the Holy Ghost with them every day. And maybe they cannot hear the Spirit when He whispers to them that these things are good. And so I thought that was a, a good example of that. So, um, so let's go to uh, Doctrine and Covenants now. Doctrine and Covenants um, 88.67. And, um, and we'll read that. So it says, And if your eye be single to my glory, your whole bodies shall be filled with light, and there shall be no darkness in you. And that body which is filled with light comprehendeth all things. And in 60, well, me, I'll read 68 when you're done then, okay? But we'll stick with 67 right there. Um, and I like that, that your body, which is filled with light, comprehendeth all things. So this one, um, I remember there was a time when, uh, when my daughter wanted to go to BYU. She wanted, we, Linda and I didn't get a chance to go to college. We just worked. And, um, and so we really, we, we really made it important to our children that we would help them to go to college. And so we told our children that they could go to any college they wanted to as long as it was BYU. Oh, am I getting into your site? Okay, and so um, Linda's going to tell you about uh, a little experience we had with Jody and BYU and the spirit of discernment. Jody was always um, an ambitious and studious girl from very early on as a young child. And when she got into her college years and on the approach to her college years, she really wanted to go to college. And since I didn't go and Kim didn't go, um, it was important that she went. She got very good grades, and I wanted to make sure she could go. So I told her, if you get the grades, we'll get the money. And if you want to go to a church college, we will make that happen for you. And Kim was really on board with that all those years going along. But, you know, we were living on a fireman's salary, and my career in real estate was just beginning to get off the ground and wasn't a big success at that point. Um, so 
when it came time for her to go off to BYU, he was dragging his feet. He just really wasn't feeling good about it. He kept saying, I don't understand why she isn't going to VC. It's right up the street. And we can't afford We this. can't afford her. To, and I kept saying, there are more, there's more than education involved here. I want her to get a spiritual education as well as a secular education. And it's, this is where she needs to be. And so begrudgingly, we took off um, for her to go up and start her, her time at BYU. And Kim was not happy. And we got there and the, you know, the more real it seemed to him, you know, because he was seeing the dorm, he was seeing the college, the more unhappy he became about it. And so uh, one of the days for orientation, um, he didn't want to go. And so Jody and I, we went to, um, we went down to BYU by ourselves and he stayed at the hotel with the younger children. And um, we went. It was wonderful. The spirit there was so amazing, and he just—he did not. He just wanted her to turn around and come back and go to VC. And all these years of preparing her, I just couldn't do that to her. So I called him and I said, "You need to come here." The president of the college, which was Beryl Bateman, Bateman at the time, he had spoken in the morning. He was going to speak again in the afternoon. And I told him, "You better come." So I called him. He decided he would come. And when I came, um, I came into the auditorium and sat down with them. And uh, uh, this man proceeded to speak about how important a BYU education was. And the spirit of the Lord hit me so hard. I thought I'd been hit by a two by four. And um, the spirit of the Lord told me that this is where your daughter should be. This is important, not just for her education, but for her spiritual well-being. This will be something that will strengthen her for the rest of her life and for eternity. And I knew that to be true. And, uh, and I came on board at that point, full, wholeheartedly. But that's what it took. Sometimes I'm really hard-headed, and uh, it takes a, a beating from the Lord to get me to understand. And that's what I took that day when I sat down. I felt the Spirit so strong and knew that we were in the right place and that my wife and my daughter had actually been uh, so much more in tune than I was. And that, that, gave me, um, that gave me quite a lesson that day in a number of ways, to just never not listen to your wife. <laughs> and she is way more, way more <laughs> wise than you may think, even though you think you've figured the whole thing out. A lot of times, uh, man's ways are not the Lord's ways. He never said a peep about it after that. <laughs> and the real estate got better, so I was able to pay for it. Yeah, that, that was good. That was very good. Sometimes first you have to do it before uh, it becomes uh, available to you to know how it's going to be done. So, okay. So um, we've got one more scripture here, um, and that's in uh, Third Nephi, uh, and it's the 11th chapter, which is such a special chapter. And I'll I'll start in verse three, and and I'll probably go all the way through seven. So, but uh, listen to verse three. And it came to pass that while they were thus conversing one with another, they heard a voice as if it came out of heaven, and they cast their eyes round about, for they understood not the voice which they heard. And it was not a harsh voice, neither was it a loud voice. Nevertheless, and notwithstanding it being a small voice, it did pierce them that they did hear to the center, insomuch that there was no part of their frame that it did not cause to quake. Yea, it did pierce them to the very soul and did cause their hearts to burn. And this is what we're going for, isn't it? 
The power of discernment is something that we can ask for. We can, we can call upon the Lord and ask him to help us um, to receive this and to be able to um, increase our ability to use it day by day. The power of discernment is something we can ask for. It's like many other blessings, many other gifts. It's like the gift of healing um, or the gift of knowledge or the gift of tongues, the gift of languages. Um, it, is, it is like many of the other gifts that we can have, okay? And so we need to ask for this. In, in 4, it says, And it came to pass that again they heard the voice, and they understood it not. And again the third time they did hear the voice, and did open their ears to hear it, and their eyes were towards the sound thereof. And they did look steadfastly towards heaven, from whence the sound came. And behold, the third time they did understand the voice which they heard. And it said unto them, Behold, my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, in whom I have glorified my name. Hear ye him. Linda, how has, give us one example in your life, how you have heard him. I heard him when we were investigating the church during the Christmas season. We started investigating the church in the summer. It was the second week in August and we didn't get baptized until last couple of days before the end of January the following year. But in the Christmas season, in the early part of the Christmas season, I remember your interest in the church had kind of waned a little bit and you were thinking you didn't want to get baptized. And I was thinking I did. And I went to church that day and sat in the pew by myself because Kim was working his fireman job. and. I sat there and I heard the Lord speak to me, but not with my ears. I didn't hear any words and I didn't see anything, but I heard in my heart that I should join the church. It was like an invitation to join the church from the Lord. And the thing that startled me about it was that he let me know that it was important to him that, um, that I was a member, that I should become a member of the church, that that was important to him. And that I'd never thought about before, that it would matter to the Lord if I joined the church or not. But he let me know that it most certainly did matter to him that I should join the church. And so that gave me the conviction that I was again, had, I was on the right path, and that I should go and I should tell Kim that I am gonna join the church even if he didn't want to join. And so when I did that, then that changed his attitude. And so remember that the gift of discernment is something that we practice, something we have to learn to use, something that the Lord grants us with because of our desires and our righteous living. And I was going to share with you one more verse at the end. Um, it's back to uh, Doctrine and Covenants 88, and it's uh, verse 68. And we read, therefore, sanctify yourselves, that your minds become single to God. And the days will come that you shall see him, for he will unveil his face unto you. And it shall be in his own time, and in his own way, and according to his own will. And when that time comes, I hope that we all have the gift of discernment, that we can hear him, and see him, and feel him in our hearts. And this we leave with you in the name of Jesus Christ, our beloved Savior. 
Amen. Good night. Good night, everyone. Thank you so much, Kim and Linda. I just so much appreciate your faith, your testimony, and always being so open and willing to share your lives and your experiences with us. You know, the power of discernment doesn't only work by identifying, let's say, good versus evil. When President Russell M. Nelson was uh, made prophet, I have to admit, I didn't really know him. I didn't pay a lot of attention to him, which was a huge mistake because I've gone over a lot of his talks since he uh, became an apostle. And a lot of his talks and the things that he shares always has to do with the uh, spirit, the Holy Ghost, uh, revelation, inspiration, and hearing him, the Lord, our Heavenly Father. So I took time to get to know him and I went through his talks and I wrote down just the titles of his talks. And as I was doing that, I really clearly was able to see that this is a man who loves God, who loves Jesus Christ, who loves the gospel, the good news of the gospel. And it was really impressed upon me that he truly is a servant of the Lord and that he loves me again with the Savior and Heavenly Father we can feel their power their love for us individually and that's so important for us to know there's been other times that teachings have come out or doctrine or a clarification of a policy and I've needed to understand and again it was that that observation, that ability to observe and to discern that helped me to know and understand where our leaders were coming from, where our, you know, this, where Christ was taking us and his church here on earth. President George Q. Cannon, who served as a counselor to four presidents of the church, he taught powerfully about the gift of discernment. He says one of the gifts of the gospel which the Lord has promised to those who enter into covenant with him is the gift of discerning of spirits, a gift which is not much thought by many and probably seldom prayed for. Yet it is a gift that is of exceeding value and one that should be enjoyed by every Latter-day Saint. Now the gift of discerning spirits not only gives men and women who have it the power to discern the spirit with which others may be possessed or influenced, but it gives them the power to discern the spirit which influences themselves. They are able to detect a false spirit and also to know when the spirit of God reigns within them. In private life, this gift is of great importance to the Latter-day Saints. Possessing and exercising this gift they will not allow any evil influence to enter into their hearts or to prompt them in their thoughts, their words, or their acts. They will repel it. And if perchance such a spirit should get possession of them, as soon as they witness its effects, they will expel it or, in other words, refuse to be led or prompted by it. This is a powerful teaching and it's a protection. 
and it's a protection and a teaching that we definitely need to learn now. And there's, there's levels of progression with the power of discernment and being able to understand, um, you know, when the spirit is trying to guide you and keep you on that righteous path of protection and love, can we recognize how crucial this spiritual gift is in our lives today and how being quick to observe is a powerful invitation for the blessings of discernment. It is my wish for each of you who can hear my voice that the Spirit of God, even the Holy Ghost, can guide you as you listen to this episode to know what you can do to acquire and to use the power of discernment so that you can hear Him God bless. Thank you so much for joining us this week. This episode has helped me tremendously, and I hope that it has helped you. Stay healthy, stay safe, and as always, stay faithful. And remember to be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Until next week, know that you are loved and take care.